This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi guys. So I'm back this week with another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. Sorry I missed last week's. I had left all my uni work to do till the very last minute, of course. <laughs> so I was just like in full work mode for the last week trying to get it done. But yeah, hopefully I'm off for the next couple of weeks now. So I'll hopefully get a good few podcasts done while I have the time. But yeah, this week I'm going to talk all about my time in Australia on a working holiday visa. So I had never really planned on doing a year in Australia. I know it's like something a lot of people talk about when they're younger. I think, you know, if like your parents have done it or something. And I like when people told me that I would just, I don't know, it just never really appealed to me. It wasn't something I ever saw myself doing. It just seemed so far away from home. And also I always used to think like if I wanted to spend time in another country, I'd want it to be like more of a culture shock, I guess, you know, like... Italy or France not that there'd be a massive culture shock but do you know what I mean a nice like change in culture and a different kind of way of life maybe like pick up a language something like that so Australia never really crossed my mind but um when I was traveling Asia the majority of people it was really weird I didn't really know that this was a thing but the majority of people that were traveling were either had already done their year or two years in Australia and then were like using their money off from after that to travel Asia or they were doing the reverse so they were using their money that they'd made at home to travel Asia and then once they'd run out of money they were going to Australia to then work for a year or two so um it was really really popular and it kind of sparked something in me like I was like you know why obviously there's something to rave about here if everyone's going and then Okay, obviously this is because of a boy, Jesus Christ. But yeah, then I met um, my now (laughs) ex-boyfriend, Foxy. I'm going to have to keep mentioning him this whole podcast. Oh, God. Right, so yeah, I met my ex-boyfriend. I'll just, should I just give him a name? I I think I feel too weird giving him a name. I feel like everyone listening to this probably knows who it is anyway. Okay, so I met Jake and went home basically after my, because I had my flights booked already. So I left, uh, left Asia and then he was like, staying out for another few months and then going to Australia and I was meant to be coming home and going to university so come home in like when was it June kind of time meant to be going to uni in September and it just didn't happen did it no (laughs) told my parents I wanted to go to Australia and they were like you're a fucking idiot and you're doing this for a boy that you've literally met for six weeks and I was like yeah fair so but yeah they were just they just said like think a bit more about it but if you don't feel settled and like ready to study then you're not gonna be able to so just defer the year so I deferred the year and it was like easy enough um you just get guaranteed a space in the same uni for same course and everything for the next year and yeah I went back to STA who I booked everything for Asia through and I they do they can like sort all your stuff to do with Australia and your visa and everything so 
went and had a chat with them bought my flights and applied for my visa actually I think I had to wait I think I had to wait until my visa got accepted until I booked my flights because I didn't really know how long it was going to take like they have a kind of rough time but it can take quite longer and it can take quite shorter as well but I think mine ended up taking a, a, like a decent bit of time yeah so the visa you apply for I mean there's other visas you can get but so there's this visa they have it's like a j1 in america or canada if anyone knows what that is but um it's a working holiday visa so you can get them for australia and for new zealand and basically it gives you the working rights for a year in the country but also because you're not so say you were to go over and you were to be sponsored by like you were getting hired into like a proper job and they the company was sponsoring you then it means you're stuck to like staying in that job in that city and the whole time you're there whereas like you go on a working holiday visa and you can literally do whatever you want like you can get a job at a bar here go work on the farm there for a few weeks go I don't know get a retail job here like you can literally just kind of travel and work as you travel and just yeah just do whatever you want you're not obligated to stay anywhere because you just have that year of freedom I looked it up there and the working holiday visa is it says online 450 Australian dollars which is like 270 quid but I think I actually paid a little bit more I think you end up paying more for like the handling fee and stuff for like on STA's part um I could be wrong but I do think it was around that kind of price and then um from when you're granted the visa I think you have like it's either six months or a year to enter the country it could be less than that I could be talking complete shit I think it's something like that though so then so you have your visa and then the second it's all like electronic so once your passport's scanned into the country and your visa starts then that's you good for a year so I flew out to Borneo and I did like three weeks in Borneo and then I flew from Borneo to Australia. I think it was straight to Melbourne. Yeah, it was straight to Melbourne and oh my God, which by the way was the most terrifying flight of my entire life. I think it was the one. Oh, so I went from Borneo to Malaysia and then Malaysia to Melbourne. Oh my God. <laughs> I was never scared of flying before but this flight that landed in Malaysia okay so you're landing yeah and then you expect the plane to just land on two wheels flat and everything's fine and um, it landed like on one side like completely lopsided and then slammed over to the other side you know like rocking back and forth and you could see everyone's bodies going side to side on the plane it was the scariest thing of my entire life and I wasn't sitting beside uh, my boyfriend so I, and I just remember him looking back at me and you know that look that's just like this is the last time I'm ever gonna see you <laughs> oh it was horrible but yeah we made it to Australia safe and sound uh what a lot of people do is will arrive there and then just do their farm work straight away oh I, I think I like I need to explain what the farm work is so you don't have to do the farm work but if you there's an opportunity to apply for a second year's working holiday visa if you complete three months of regional farm work so if you just want to go and just do the year you have no you don't have to do this at all but if you want to go and you know you want to do the two years then you can do that and they've actually introduced a thing now where in your second year you can do six months of farm work but sorry fuck that can you imagine working on a farm for six months no and to gain what like you're only gaining 
an extra six months because you're taking away six months as your second year but yeah loads of backpackers will like land and then just do their farm work straight away because then that way you're meeting loads of people in the same situation like loads of other backpackers and then you can have friends for when you go to the cities because obviously it's a lot easier to meet people in that kind of situation as opposed to in the cities so I didn't want to do that though just because I didn't really have any fears of like making friends I knew that I'd be working hospitality and that um, I would meet people and I think as well it kind of gave me assurance like being with a boyfriend like I knew I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be lonely what else oh yeah sorry also the main factor for it was because I basically wanted to like skip skip winter so the way it worked out we landed in mid-September we actually to be fair if we actually had have just done the farm work straight away probably still would have worked out all right but basically my idea was spend winter in Melbourne and then when it came to like March, April, when winter was, or oh sorry, sorry, spent summer in Melbourne, and then when it came to winter in like March, April time, then go up north and do the farm work because up north in like Cairn or sorry in Queensland, they it's it's like tropical tropical weather. It's not like here or like Melbourne where they have um four seasons. It's it's like proper tropical climate. So they just have wet season and dry season. So even uh, so although we were going there for their wet season, um, it was still really warm. Like you'd still be have your sunbathing days and stuff. So yeah, my whole idea was just like, do you know what? Fuck that. I'm not. Um, I'm not backpacking in the winter in Melbourne because Melbourne gets so cold. Like probably not as cold as Belfast, but yeah, it does get really cold. And when you can't, when you're only going with a suitcase, I did end up bringing a suitcase. By the way, I because I went home and then went back out I just ended up bringing a suitcase instead of a backpack yeah when you only have a suitcase full of clothes the last thing you want to have to do is then like start packing all like winter clothes and have coats and shit it's just not ideal so yeah started off in Melbourne just landed and booked straight into a hostel called the Ritz which I think we actually oh yeah so we had this idea that we like didn't want to be seen as a couple and like just make friends as not 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 be seen as a couple but like do you know when you make friends as a couple and then you're only invited places as a couple you don't like have your own individual friends that you can like does that make sense we didn't like want that to be on us so I booked into a hostel in St Kilda called the Ritz and then he booked into another one I actually can't remember the name of it but it was literally 200 meters around the corner but it just like gave us the opportunity to um, meet other people he actually ended up coming to the Ritz after like a week or two because his one he didn't meet anyone he liked but the Ritz although it was a bit of a shithole there was like there's some good people great people there um, I ended up meeting one of my best friends, Sheer, who from Israel. She's so great. But yeah, there was a lot of backpackers that were living there and like working full time. So yeah, loads of people do that that um, don't want to, because obviously getting a flat or and pay and signing contracts and stuff is a bit too much commitment for a lot of people on a working holiday visa because they do just want to be able to pack up and go. So you've got a lot of like working hostels where people actually like live and work there full time. I never really wanted to do that though I just the idea of like living in a dorm while getting up early for work or like coming home late and stuff um I just don't think I could have handled it but I 
just wanted to go into a hostel to meet people in the first place that then you could potentially move out with and also just to give us a bit of time to like find out whereabouts we wanted to live and how much we wanted to pay like that kind of thing so yeah we were under a lot of pressure to get into a flat or a house fairly quickly just because of the time of year and a lot of people would go north so like up to Sydney or Brisbane or the Gold Coast for the cooler months uh, of Melbourne which was kind of like coming to the end of it now like when we got to Melbourne it was quite cold but um, it was kind of coming to the end of uh, of that now and then it would start getting better come November time so a lot of people then come down to Melbourne for when it's going to start getting better and they'll come down in advance of the weather starting to get better so that they can get accommodation so we were like very conscious of that and very conscious of the fact that we wanted to stay in the kind of main backpacker area which is called St Kilda and um, it can be really difficult to get accommodation if you leave it too late so yeah we were literally spending full days just searching there's this facebook page called fairy floss real estate and people just like post constantly if there's um things available rooms available just like anything going so literally i was sending out like 50 messages a day and yeah eventually we found one it actually wasn't really exactly where we wanted it it was like st kilda east so it ended up being really handy for me for work because it was top of the chapel street but it wasn't as close to the beach as we wanted it to be. Chapel Street, by the way, is like the big hiving street with like loads of restaurants, bars, clubs, stuff like that. So yeah, we ended up finding a place really near there. Rent was so expensive, which I was expecting. Like everyone warned me about the the rent in Australia. And also if we had have chosen to go to like the northern suburbs or just anywhere else apart from St Kilda basically, um, it would have been cheaper. But I think we just wanted the experience and wanted to give it a go. Like now if I was to go back to Melbourne, I definitely wouldn't stay in St Kilda. I've d- I've done it, I've experienced it, I don't need to pay those rent prices again. How much were we paying a week? I I wanna work this out. I think it was around $450 a week for the room. Obviously then that's split between the two of us so we did have a good advantage like being able to share a room and split the cost of the rent but $450 a week is like £250. Um, So yeah like let's say £125 a week each which you know when you when you think about it like in terms of compared to places in the UK from what I was paying individually I suppose is all right but when you consider the fact that we were both paying that so it's like double what I was paying then um it is quite a lot I think it's like fairly similar to London prices so yeah I was lucky I had a boyfriend because I would not have been able to afford that on my own <laughs> So I think we did about three weeks in the hostel before finding the flat. I would really recommend if you are wanting to do a similar thing and, you know, meet people in hostels before moving into a house, move around hostels. You're like, you're not necessarily going to find your people on one on just like a particular two weeks in one hostel so if I could have done anything differently it just would have been that literally just maybe have spent a week in the Ritz a week in base which is like a more like proper party hostel in St Kilda and then maybe like a week somewhere else I don't know just just to switch it up and to meet um different people and yeah just make things easier for yourself I guess for the rest of the year 
but yeah so got moved in then we ended up having two flatmates so one guy from Birmingham Tom and then a girl from Scotland Hannah they were both lovely we actually didn't see too much of them just because they both worked full-time and they both had boyfriends or girlfriends living in elsewhere so they were just kind of like always around at theirs so I didn't actually see them that much also I worked like a very different schedule to everyone in the house which was really nice because I just had the flat to myself all the time (laughs) so once we'd moved in and we were like proper settled then we were able to give it a whack at getting a job I had been previously searching for jobs uh, while I was in the Ritz they had like a little computer room upstairs and I would just sit there for ages looking at flats and looking for jobs and yeah I find it really difficult to get a job so I did get one job to start with that was just like part-time in a salon doing makeup but I was only doing that on Fridays and Saturdays and sometimes like just Saturdays it was kind of just like whenever there was uh, the appointments that they needed me for so it wasn't very like stable and secure it was just but it was good to just have something like while I was searching for other things I actually didn't know about this Facebook page at the time which would have helped me so much working in hospitality but there is a page called the Melbourne Bartender Exchange and well they have it for every city so there's like the Sydney Bartender Exchange and you know for every city that there is in Australia and yeah it's quite hard to come by hospitality jobs on like job websites they're more like indeed and everything they're more for like you know office kind of jobs so that's why I was struggling so much because I was just like oh my god no restaurants are hiring and then I was like maybe I should just go print out my CV and just like start chatting to people so that's what I did I just started like walking around the place talking to people I did that for salons and for bars and restaurants um so to get makeup work and to get hospitality work but yeah I, I really really struggled to get a hospitality job I don't know why nowhere seemed to be hiring it was really weird I don't know if it was because of the time of the year if it's just harder in general to get a job in Melbourne and there's just like less movement but like when I went to Sydney I think I had something ridiculous like 12 trial shifts lined up for the week I was arriving like in advance of me coming whereas like in Melbourne while I was there I couldn't even get one so yeah it was so difficult and I was like bear in mind I'd spent all my money traveling Asia and then getting out to Australia and then I'd just gone from like I you're paying hostel prices in Australia it's so expensive and like you're probably cheaper by the time you get into your own flat then I'm paying rent in my own flat and then and I'm just oh my god money is wearing very thin at this point <laughs> I've never ever had to budget this much in my life I was spending $15 a week on food that's like eight quid <laughs> like I was oh my god you should have seen my shops in Aldi they were literally just like cans of chickpeas and like I don't know like a cucumber just like the weirdest shit I'd go to the um I'd go to the farmer's markets and just get all the really cheap veg that was like going off (laughs) I was just like supreme budgeting you've never seen anything like it in your life but I am so glad that I did that because it's taught me such a good lesson like I know I know no matter where I am no matter how much money I have I can survive on that amount of money and I just think that's the best thing I've ever had to teach myself so I end up getting this trial shift in this bar on Chapel Street 
and went really well uh got a or they told me straight after they were like yeah we want to hire you so yeah I was so buzzing it was my first trial shift first thing that had gone well they told me straight away and yeah all everyone that would have worked there seemed so nice and then literally a week later they were like well we'll call you and like get in contact with regards to shifts so a week later they ring me and they're like oh we're really sorry like I know we offered you a job but we really don't have like full-time Mars to give you at the moment I think we just got a bit ahead of ourselves basically and like gave you a job but the job's not there to take which I don't know if it was bullshit or not but I was like okay had a mental breakdown but we move and then I was just back to square one searching for more people to give me a trial shift I still had the the makeup job which I actually kept the whole time I got so desperate at one point that I started applying for admin jobs right I am not an office girl whatsoever you will never ever catch me in an admin job sorry but um it got to that point that I was like do you know what I have no other option at this point I'm gonna have to go to Kmart and buy like some trousers and a blouse and pretend I've got experience in offices so (laughs) I went to I went and did that went to a recruitment agent or like went to a few recruitment agencies and um just blagged my way on the cv like i've never made up so much shite in my life then they like called or this was all by email so then they like called me in to like go over my cv with me and then she started asking me specifics about my cv my heart's never beat so fast in my entire life but yeah i I basically made up that i worked uh, in in a finance company doing admin work and that I was like putting in all this data I don't know like I don't even know what I was writing if I had have done a bit of research I would have known what I was talking about but the fact that I actually didn't even know what I'd put on my CV just said it all really didn't it so yeah she started asking me so like what kind of data were you having to deal with what was your like day-to-day roles and oh my god it was just absolutely horrendous like you've never heard the amount of waffle that came out of my mouth none of it even made sense like I wasn't even speaking English at this point it was just complete like gibberish so then I come home have another mental breakdown because I know I'm not going to get any admin work after that and because I've just spent some of the only money I have left on getting like office fucking clothes so annoying (laughs) Anyway, then a few weeks later, I get a call from that original bar that I'd like thought I got a job in, and they said, "Good news, someone's leaving. Um, are you okay to start on Christmas Eve?" And I was like, "Fuck yes, I'm okay to start on Christmas Eve. Any other time, I would have been booking off Christmas Eve." But I was like, "No, I need money right now. Give it to me." So yeah, that's when my time started at Lucky Cock, and it was incredible. I loved my time there. It was so so fun. Like, it was everything I'd ever imagined. You know when you have this vision of, like, a really fun bar job, but you've just never had that experience? Like, when I worked in um, a bar in Belfast, like, it just wasn't good crack. Do you know what I mean? Whereas here, or in in uh, Lucky Cock, like, it was just so much fun. Like, we were up until three o'clock every night, and, and then we would, like, be working, doing clothes until five, and then we would, like, have kick-ons and party the rest of the night. Like, it was just so oh my god and they're all like still my best friends I love them to bits I was actually telling my friend Jonah from Lucky Cock that I was um, 
recording this about Australia today and he was like oh my god you better shut me out so hi Jonah if you're listening I miss you so much also Luke if you're listening love you a bit he has a podcast as well you should go listen to it it's called Addicted to the Game it's with his two brothers and they talk about like addiction and sport which I you wouldn't think I'd be interested in but they actually just make it really funny I enjoy it but yeah my time at Lucky Cock was literally the best I struggled to balance that and my salon job just because so because I was working days in the salon on Friday and Saturday I had to do the Friday and Saturday night shifts in Lucky so I would get I would say I'd finish at five o'clock in the salon like 5 p.m then I'd start in Lucky at six so I'd just get the train from there to there um start there at six and wouldn't finish till 5 a.m and then I'd get up at like nine o'clock and do the whole thing again so yeah it was brutal like there were so many times I slept in it was so bad and then I just wake up to calls from my manager being like um you slept in again (laughs) they were really understanding though like they knew I had to work both jobs because they couldn't give me or sorry the salon knew that like I couldn't not because they couldn't give me the full-time hours that I wanted and also like I I wouldn't have wanted to do that full time anyway. I, I yeah. And it was just good to like keep that on the side. I I think when you just do one job you can get quite bored of it quite easily, but if you have two, I don't know, it keeps you on your toes. <laughs> to be honest though, I really don't know if there's like if I could ever do that again. Like if there'd be another point in my life where I could work a job like that where you're working till five o'clock in the morning and drinking every single day and it was so fun while it lasted, but I just oh my god it really takes a toll on your body (laughs) it's also not the best idea when you have a boyfriend that works in construction and is literally getting up for work when you're coming home because you just end up not seeing each other at all um so yeah that was interesting but I literally wouldn't change it for the world I have met the best people from Lucky Cock who I 100% when I go back out to Australia will still see and actually I think Jonah's coming to the UK this summer which will be fun but yeah working hospitality in Australia is very different to the UK you're respected a lot more I feel like as a worker you get paid a lot more I don't know it's just very different like anytime I've worked uh, hospitality in the UK you really just don't feel like you have a leg to stand on in terms of like you know booking time off um getting the shifts you want even just like the amount of money you get like you just, I don't, you always it's always minimum wage here whereas like Australia is very different they have minimum wage but not very many places actually pay minimum wage so like I think their minimum wage is like $18 but like most of the jobs I worked were between like 20 and $30 which is really yeah like I, I just don't really feel like you get that here um obviously you get, you get paid more than minimum wage in different jobs but definitely not in hospitality and like salon jobs which is what I was working and what where I was uh earning more but yeah you can live really comfortably just working hospitality five days a week like there's not the pressure of like doing you know 10 and 12 hour shifts six days a week uh just to get by or anything like that it's a very very different way of living which is incredible and which honestly I think is what makes Australia the fact that you can just chill and just work a normal job and still live like a king 
I don't know how they've managed to suss out their economy the way they have, but it's it's thriving, I'll tell you that. So I didn't have a car the whole time I was there and it never really phased me. Their public transport is so good. In Melbourne, they have trams, um, trains, obviously buses. But yeah, not once did it even cross my mind. Like, it'd be really handy if I had a car. I just, their tram system network thing is so good. And it's all just like on your, you have like a little card that you top up. So you don't even need to worry about having cash or anything like that. So yeah, they've really got sussed out there. Also, like my family or friends, if I told them how crazy it is, like how much money you make and stuff, they were like, oh yeah, but like, you know, you make up for it. Like you need to make that amount of money to to be able to pay like the rent and even just like the grocery prices and everything there. But you you don't, like if anything, it's cheaper. Oh no, oh no, sorry, the rent is more expensive. I've already said that, but like I would say everything else is cheaper. Uh, so in terms of like groceries, eating out, drinking, the only thing that isn't actually is buying spirits they're really highly taxed for some reason so yeah you I don't think I drank well no I did drink vodka because I worked I did drink spirits because I worked in a bar so I'd get them like free from the bar but I never actually went to an off license and like bought a bottle of vodka myself which is really weird because that's like what I do here but yeah you just kind of get drunk off like four dollar wine and stuff which is very questionable it doesn't taste very nice oh my god they have this stuff called goon and it's like this big cardboard box of I think it's like three liters of wine actually maybe that I don't know maybe like two liters of wine and um it's like ten dollars and it's oh my god it's vile and then I actually found out after drinking it a few nights that that the way they like filter it or something they use fish and eggs which apparently they actually do in all non-vegan wines which is like most wines so that put me off wine for the rest of my life also goon it didn't even get you like a normal drunk it was like because it was just the the cheapest most disgusting wine you could find so it just made you like you'd be down in it and then you wouldn't be drunk and then literally like two hours later you'd just be blackout like there was no middle like tipsy level do you know what I mean so yeah please do yourself a favor and never in your life by goon no matter how skint you are just get like just get a cheap bottle of wine don't get that fucking box I literally have PTSD about it yeah I literally have nothing bad to say about Melbourne it's my favorite city ever uh the food is incredible the people there are so nice the parks the beaches everyone says like all the beaches in Melbourne are shit compared to like obviously compared to western Australia all the the beaches are shit but when you if you just get like a 15 minute train up to like Brighton and Sandringham and stuff the beaches are so beautiful yeah I literally just have not one bad thing to say about it the parties are unreal they have this thing called um what's it called breakfast club so every Monday morning it's like open from nine o'clock and it's like a big rooftop party and it goes on all night and then they also have this club I don't know if it's still open you know I think it actually might have got closed but it's called Revs wait is that right I haven't said yeah I think it's called Revs and it's basically open from like a Thursday or Friday night right until Monday morning so you can literally just go whenever and and then people like from finishing partying on the Sunday well on the Monday morning Sunday night at Revs will go straight to breakfast club uh, and this is all on Chapel Street so this is all like walking distance from my work and from and from my flat 
Also, I do think Victoria is a really... Victoria is the state that Melbourne's in. And I do think it's so beautiful. Like We ended up doing a little road trip. We wanted to get a van and do this, but we didn't have enough money. So we literally got a car and slept in the car, tramps. Um, and we did a little road trip. We did like the Great Ocean Road, which is incredible. We went to Phillip Island to see all the penguins come in. Because in St Kilda, you can go to the beach and see the colony of penguins coming in every night, like every single night of the year, uh, which is unreal. Like anytime I had a night off. No, I say that I definitely didn't do it any time I had a night off. I was trying to make myself sound like a productive queen. I definitely didn't do that. Um, but a good few times I'd go down to the beach and just watch the penguins come in. And then they have this place down uh, further south called Phillip Island. And it's like a way bigger colony of penguins that come in. So we went to see that one time. It was incredible. Like a really long, say like 400 metre beach just full of penguins coming in. And then another place we went to in Victoria was Grampians, which is like a national park where you can camp and there's like loads of um, nice walking trails and hikes and there's just loads of wallabies and kangaroos everywhere. And and then if you go down the coast from Melbourne, so like down to Mornington Peninsula where all the surfing and stuff is, it's really beautiful down there. So yeah, Victoria, I think as a state, has a lot to offer and I think can be massively overlooked because people are always just like, people always just say how like beautiful New South Wales and how like nice and tropical Queensland is. But honestly, I think Victoria is up there. I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. So after that little road trip we did, that was kind of like to finish off our time in Victoria before going on to the farm. It was quite difficult, I thought, to find farm work. There are some pages on Facebook where people will be posting about different um, regional jobs you can get that count towards your um, second year working holiday visa. But uh, lots of them were like dairy farms. Obviously, I did not want to do that. And yeah, it was kind of like I would... I would hear of random things that were just like for one or two people but like we didn't really want that we wanted to go to like an environment where it was like lots of other backpackers all in the same hostel kind of thing so it was actually good crack like so I think I posted on some backpacker page about it and loads of the comments said uh, to go to walkabout in Innisfail so Innisfail's up north, uh, it's like an hour away from Cairns in Queensland and it's known for the banana farming so it's just like heaps and heaps of banana farming all around this one town and we rang the guy that owns Walkabout and he was like oh yeah we'll have work for you from this date and I think he gave us a date that was like three weeks away. So yeah basically like well from what we kind of established from that conversation was that there was a job lined up for us on that date otherwise like why would he give us a date do you know what I mean so anyway packed our bags booked the flight and off we went up to flew to Cairns and got the bus from Cairns to Innisfail and then they the the guys that run the hostel like pick you up from the bus stop can I just say any of these like farm work working hostels are the biggest scam you have ever heard of in your entire life like you pay $200 a week to sp- to stay in a- an eight-bed dorm and what does that get you doesn't even get you wi-fi doesn't get you any food doesn't get you like even working air conditioning like it doesn't get you anything you pay $200 a week to say in the biggest shit show of a hostel you've ever seen in your life and when I say it's a shit show like I mean 
bear in mind I've stayed in some like real cheap places in um like in the middle of nowhere in like Cambodia and stuff like this place was the shittest of shit you've ever ever seen like the fact that they're actually allowed to keep it like that is just an absolute disgrace so yeah got there and got shown to our room you know met everyone in the room and then you like go and have a chat with John the guy that runs it and then he proceeds to tell us that Jake has a job starting tomorrow and I probably won't have work for another week or two. And I'm just like, well, why the fuck am I here paying $2, $200 a week? And I could be in Melbourne, in my job, having the time of my life. Like, could you not have said this? But this is what they do. They like, they get more people than they need to come there and then so that they always have people paying rent and then even if that means that then those people leave because they're not finding work then at least they've got like two or three weeks rent off them so it yeah they're they're like the most horrible people honestly so yeah I had like I think it was three weeks in the end of just kind of like sitting around and doing nothing I told myself I was going to get really fit because there was kind of like a wee makeshift gym in the in in this hall I was like yeah oh my god I'm gonna get so fit literally lasted for about two days but yeah I ended up meeting some really great people there was lots of um Irish girls on the farm um yeah lots of really really nice people who I'm still friends with but bear in mind I'd gone there so this is the plan okay so plan was work for six ended up being seven months in Melbourne go and do the farm work for three months make a killing okay so in my head I was like yeah the minimum wage in farm works like $25 or whatever it is I'll be working six days a week 10 hour days you know just absolutely raking it in not spending any money at the weekend because we're in the middle of nowhere and have nothing to spend on and I'll just budget like so well so then I'll just come out of it with so much money and I can travel the east coast after so then I could go and do like you know the whole east coast trip in a van and um yeah I safe to say I established that this was not going to be the case the I'd say the day I arrived after speaking to a few of the girls and realizing uh, how much work you actually get so end up getting job three weeks time it was it was really difficult not having a job for three weeks I'm not gonna lie I'd normally be quite good with time off like in terms of keeping myself entertained and doing like little productive things or just things I've been wanting to get around to for a while but it's very different when you're in the middle of nowhere in a dorm room majority like 99% of people that stay there are getting up and going to work and the reason that you're there is to complete 13 weeks of work so like by staying there and not working for three weeks you're gonna only so that meant then I was there for 16 weeks because you know what I mean it didn't matter how long I was staying in the hostel for I had to get 13 weeks of pay slips working on the farm so like mentally that was a lot there was a lot of uh tears and tantrums (laughs) But in the end, I was actually quite glad I had to wait the the time that I did just because of the farm I got onto in the end. Um, some of the banana farms are real, like, psycho, just proper, like, factory-style farms, um, like, producing for the whole of Australia. So, and they're just, like, really, really intense. Like, you stand there in a line with someone and, like, one of those big speaker... What do you call those things? That people shout into and it, like, speaker foot? No. I don't know do you know what I'm talking about and uh yeah just like screaming abuse at you 
yeah I was really lucky I wasn't on a farm like that I was on like a little cute organic farm with like it was oh my god I loved the people that own it they were called Barry and Lynn and they were just like my little Australian grandparents they just they were so sweet and it was just very chill I think there was only maybe like eight of us working in the shed which by the way so the way it works is like the boys well most of the boys do uh, like the work out in the out in the fields and then the girls have like the shed bitch jobs as they're called so my job at the start was sorting so basically all the bananas come in from the the boys go out humping them and like putting them on the trailer and then the tractor driver drives them all back into the shed and then the big bunches get like hung up and then some guy stands there with a big like knife um chopping them all into the big baths of water and then they like come up the water bath and then that's where they get sorted so at the start I was a sorter so you're just like taking out all the bad ones and discarding them and then and then I progressed so then I became a dipper we don't have this in the UK but basically in Australia to like identify organic fruit from non-organic fruit they dip the organic fruit into like wax so you have like these hot baths of red wax and then you just stand there with the bunches of bananas like dipping the tails into them and then setting them on the next conveyor belt so yeah that's what my life was for 13 weeks um really exciting times luckily with my farm because they were really nice they did let us have earphones in so like I would just listen to podcasts and music and stuff all day and what else oh yeah they also give us free bananas so I was living on a diet of about eight bananas a day so yeah I was just thriving on my uh vegan diet of eight bananas plus eight bananas a day plus a kilo of hummus and rice cakes basically because I didn't have um yeah we're back to being skint again here I did have savings from Melbourne but like I was trying to save them so I could travel so then we're back to we're back to the $15 a week budget now except we get free bananas so we're saving where that's concerned yeah my diet was so laughable it was literally this was it every single day wake up porridge and a banana break banana lunch hummus and oh you know there's like cans of like mixed beans like mixed bean salad so hummus and some mixed bean salad (laughs) then a break another banana then get home to the hostel another banana then make dinner and that was it just every single day so yeah like some weeks you would be because bananas aren't seasonal you know so they don't have a half a year of growing and then like half a year of when it's like really intense farm work like getting them all um together I don't know if that's the right term but um yeah they're not seasonal they're just like grow all year round so you just have like dips and peaks every every single week if that makes sense or not week but like yeah like week to week it would just change so like some days I would literally get a day and a half of work and I would not even know well I would probably just about make rent and not have any more money so it, it, it was really difficult some weeks like if you had a couple weeks in a row like that where you got maybe like a day and a half one week and then two days a week after that and two days a week after that um it was really tough money wise and especially when like the only way of enjoying yourself there was by drinking and going out with everyone and then you like couldn't afford to do that I mean there was always ways around it you could always afford to do it you just had to buy um the cheapest drink and yeah you you made it work but 
there and then there was other times where it was like they were asking us to work overtime and like and like one time I did a Saturday morning so that was like five and a half days so yeah it just it, it was very hit and miss I guess throughout the whole uh three months that I was there you're on like a really brutal schedule as well like you'd be getting up at uh, I think the buses left were the farms at half five or maybe at five so you're getting up really early in the morning like it's like pitch black and then working from like seven no half six or seven until I think it was until about like four so yeah you're just standing there staring at bananas for nine hours a day the breaks are it's like a proper like factory kind of environment like with the buzzer that goes off or when your 15 minute break is going to start and then the buzzer goes on and all the conveyor belts start again after and like um yeah it's pretty intense but I mean as I said so glad I was on a nice farm because I really don't think I would have been able to hack it if I wasn't my boyfriend at the time was got onto like one of the horrible farms and then on his 12th week so like you have to do, do 13 weeks to um apply for your visa and out of badness to like make make a show of him basically he wasn't even like a bad he wasn't even one of the bad workers but just to like make a point to all the new people at the end of his 12th week they sacked him how bad is that so then I had a mental breakdown to my farmer and explained to her what happened and and she was like oh he can come and work here for a week and she was so nice about it Uh, but then oh my god then the people that um the guy John that owns the hostel was like fuming that I'd gone behind because he he wants to be in like control of everything he's a proper control freak and wants to like uh, yeah it would have been so good for him to have just been like oh I can't get you any work anywhere else like he would have thrived off of that whereas because I went behind his back and like got him got Jake work John hated it and he like I think he tried to not let Jake come or something with it I can't remember I actually can't remember what happened oh wait I know what happened he basically sat there and said like he'd rang all the farms and like nowhere was willing to take him on for a week and in my head I was just like that's complete bullshit like and so then that's when I had the mental breakdown in front of Lynn so then I just knew he was lying the whole time I hated that man John with burning passion like I don't really hate that many that many people but oh my god I can wholeheartedly say I hated that man so yeah finishing farm work was the biggest relief ever also because by the time I was like on my last few weeks Jake had already finished and there was no point in him staying there for three weeks and just like paying rent in the hostel when he could be in Sydney or well wherever making uh, money so and then also by all that point all my friends that I'd made at the start had all left because I'd been there for a couple weeks before me so it was just like a really difficult last few weeks I was very emotionally unstable and (laughs) um yeah I just felt like I didn't have anyone close to turn to which in that situation is quite difficult when you just feel like massively on your own um but yeah obviously by this point I've established I don't have enough money to go and travel the east coast so the plan had now changed and we were just going to Sydney for our last two months to work a little bit there and then to use the money that we save in uh, Sydney to then go to Asia. So yeah, getting a job in Sydney was a very quick process. As I said before, I had so many trial shifts lined up for when I was arriving and yeah, it was really easy. I ended up working actually in the Sydney Opera Bar, the Sydney Opera House Bar, sorry. So yeah, that was amazing. Such an amazing place to work. 
especially because I worked on the terrace bar so like I was in the outside bit just under a wee canopy where all the live music was just like looking over the harbour bridge and yeah what an incredible job to get for my last two weeks or sorry not two weeks two months in Australia the staff there were all so nice and yeah it was just class like coming to work every day and that being your view also because you're in the terrace bar it was so chill like it didn't have the full drinks menu you were literally just kind of like pouring pints and house glasses of wine and house spirits it was because it was a smaller bar and yeah just getting to watch the live music every night also they paid you really well like I think on Fridays and Saturdays you got like an extra five dollars an hour and then on Sundays you got an extra ten dollars an hour or something like that so which is pretty good like when you consider in hospitality you're normally just like expected to work those days and now they're like offering more for you to work those days so yeah I really really enjoyed it there I was actually really sad I had to go and also I felt bad because I kind of had to like pretend I was gonna be there for longer because obviously nowhere's gonna hire you if you're just gonna be there for two months but the guy the manager that like ran all John he was like the loveliest person ever and he said if I ever come back to Australia to get in contact with him so I will say though as a whole I really wasn't that I was impressed with Sydney as a city like it is very impressive and beautiful and has a lot of amazing attractions and uh, nice beaches to go visit and yeah but I just didn't like it I didn't like the vibe I I don't know how to explain it it's very Melbourne and Sydney are like two polar opposites and people will always tell you if you go there you're either a Melbourne or a Sydney person and like there's no in between and I completely agree with that um they are very different Sydney's very posy it's like you it's like the kind of place you go to like the beach bars in like your fancy cocktail dresses and heels which is just like not my vibe at all like you'd see the men in like their suits and stuff on a sun on a Sunday and also just like their nightlife is really I don't know it's just really average they have a lot of um lockout laws as well their laws are different and um from state to state so in Sydney if you're like not in a club by one you can't get in anywhere after that point so once you're in a place you can stay in it but after that point you can't so you don't have that same kind of like what's the word like the freedom I guess to just to go from bar to club or you know after if you were working late like we could have never done what we did in Melbourne uh, working at Lucky Cock and like going out after uh, in Sydney because you just wouldn't have got in anywhere so yeah I don't know I just I just didn't think I don't get me wrong I think Sydney's an amazing place I think it's a really nice place to go as a tourist probably but I just wouldn't want to live there I don't think like Melbourne you can literally just go out in your trainers and baggy jeans and no one would bat an eyelid whereas like Sydney the looks you would get for a start and second of all you probably just wouldn't get in anywhere in the first place but I mean they definitely both have their pros and cons and there's definitely I think more money to be made in Sydney just comparing my jobs that I had from Melbourne to Sydney uh also how quickly I got employed and also Jake he he, the amount of money he was making as a construction worker in Sydney was just absolutely obscene and it was like guaranteed like six days a week over time yeah crazy money like I think like $40 an hour at some point which for someone without a trade just like working as a manual laborer was is pretty crazy 
there are a lot of Irish in Sydney as well, uh, especially around like Bondi Junction and Bondi. Loads of Irish bars, loads of Irish backpackers, just like a lot of Irish people. And I didn't really like that. Like I know there's something comforting about that. And I, I really loved meeting all the Irish girls on the farm, but like I didn't leave Ireland to just like go and stay with Irish people in Australia like that's what I loved so much about Melbourne is that all the people I worked with were mostly Australian and like the odd person from elsewhere but yeah I don't know I'm definitely a Melbourne gal but I can also see why people like Sydney and like it's so weird like you can tell you literally can tell if someone's a Melbourne or a Sydney person by just speaking to them for 10 minutes yeah I, I did really enjoy my two months in Sydney uh we subletted a flat off this girl while she was away traveling Vietnam and yeah it was good location like it was near Bondi Junction and the weather was actually really nice when we were there so it was pretty chill like I'd just wake up every morning and go sit we were like right by a park so I'd go sit in the park with a wee coffee and just read and then make my way to work and uh, yeah it was just a lovely way of life and also wanted to make the most of it because I knew I'd only be there for the two months and then I was leaving Australia so every time I was off or you know anytime me and Jake had off together we did like really fun day trips like we did Blue Mountains we did the Coogee to Bondi walk a few times which is so beautiful and then there's another coastal walk which I actually can't remember the name of but it was oh something split to Manly yeah it was really nice and then you like finish at Manly and you can have a wee drink and then get the boat back over to Sydney or to like the CBD sorry what else did we do oh we went to Palm Beach it was really beautiful and oh my god this is the best part we went whale watching humpback whale watching uh it was actually a surprise for me this is the elite date I'm sorry but no boy will ever top this I know I'm not going out with this person anymore but but yeah I'll still give credit where it's due like yeah he surprised me with a, a boat trip to go whale watching because basically all the whales from like south of Australia migrate for the win is it for the winter yeah for the winter so they go to like warmer waters up above Australia there's like thousands and thousands of whales that do this every single year Um, I can't remember the number but it's like a crazy crazy amount and you get to go and see them all and honestly that was incredible just seeing an, a whale that size we saw a good few you know all breaching and then a couple of them do that big like I don't know what do you call it like kind of flip where they bit like splash everyone basically and actually I saw them another few times when you do those coastal walks uh from Coogee to Bondi and the other one oh the split to Manly and then there was another place I saw whales I can't remember there was a it was somewhere there was a lighthouse somewhere I remember doing this lighthouse walk and I remember just like watching from this platform and you could see all these whales breaching from in the water from from where we were standing it was oh my god it was amazing So yeah, that brings us to the end of my year in Australia. So obviously I've done the farm work, so I do have like another year's working holiday visa that I can apply for, but I just didn't do it straight away. I wanted to um, maybe go back out after studying and, you know, just have a different experience at an older age. 
So yeah, we just used our savings then to go and travel Asia. We did parts of Indonesia that I hadn't done before and then parts of Thailand that I hadn't covered before. So yeah, and that was an amazing trip. I was really glad I just used the money we'd made to do that instead of to try and do the East Coast half-heartedly because you, the money we'd made wouldn't have got you very far in Australian terms, whereas obviously in Asia, your budget for travelling Asia can be so much lower. But yeah, I, I really hope to be back. Hope, uh, maybe when I graduate, I would love to do... I'd love to do the East and the West Coast on a tourist visa and then go to Bali, this is my plan, and then go back to Australia on a working holiday visa so I'm not wasting any of my working holiday visa by travelling. Does that make sense? Yeah, this has been my longest podcast by a mile. I really don't know how I've rambled for this long. But if you've made it this far, thanks so much for listening. All your support literally means the world. So thank you again and I will speak to you next time. Bye.